This is episode 24 with Abby Copeland. Hello and welcome to the Love Yourself to Happiness show, a podcast inspired by modern women like you. We are your hosts, Maya and Michaela. Each week, you'll get an infusion of tips, daily routines, tools, and rituals from our favorite experts that will inspire you to create the life of your dreams and make it a reality. All this information is free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. We also want to invite you to join our free private Facebook group called Energized Mama Tribe. We are also offering a free masterclass, five steps to get 10 or more hours of free time in your week. Lastly, we're offering free breakthrough calls with us to help implement the tools we teach you in the class. Links to all of these free resources are in the show notes. So grab a cup of coffee or tea, sit back, and welcome to Love Yourself to Happiness. Abby is a mom, wife, yogi, former professional cook, certified massage therapist, and believer in empowered self-healing. She's in the process of healing herself from a lifetime of chronic health problems through the power of nutritional therapy, militant self-care, spiritual discovery, and sometimes gritting it out. She lives in Vermont with her annoyingly fit husband, her two wild children, her ill-behaved dog, and a handful of ridiculously robust houseplants. Hello, everyone. Today we are here with Abby Copeland, one of my longtime friends. Welcome, Abby. Hi. Thanks. So we like to begin our podcast with learning a little bit more about what your personal life is um, and your journey to wellness. Okay. So I have two children, ages almost 10 and almost 5. So the pretty big gap between the two of them, which is a lot of interesting fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of keep us going in different directions. Um, we live in Vermont in a lovely little home that we um, bought and fixed up ourselves. And it's been about five years since we moved into there. I know that because we moved in when I was about four months pregnant five months pregnant with my second, and then he was born in that house. So we love Vermont, and we like to ski. I like to do a lot of yoga, and I like to, um, I like to spend time with my com- in my community. Um, community is really important to me, and we actually ended up, my husband and I are from the same small hometown, and we moved away several times over the years, but when we had children, we decided that we really wanted to be in a small community that we were familiar with uh, because we really do believe that it takes a village that resonates and our village is there. So that's where we are. Wow. That's amazing. Sounds so lovely. <laughs> so can you define happiness for you? Oh, that's, so I've given this question some thought. Um, so I don't know if you are familiar with Tara Brock. She's wonderful if you don't know her. She's sort of in the same genre of Pema Chodron. She's a Buddhist teacher and does a lot of talks. And I listen to her podcast religiously. And she paraphrased um, a Jesuit priest named Anthony DeMello, who says happiness is absolute cooperation with the inevitable. And that's kind of what I 
I mean, that's an aspiration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't say I cooperate with, I, I try to effort and, and change and control a bit, but um, that resonates with me. Like it's almost like you, surrendering, right? Yeah. Just like surrendering to what is and being yeah. and being open. Well, because I don't think, I think a lot of people believe that happiness is, um, is joy and like bliss and tons of fun. And, and those happen in the presence of happiness, but I mean, happiness can happen in the presence of other things as well. If you can be okay with what's happening. So true. Um, and we should be able to be to, like, we should I'm be having able the best time it. of my life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the true gift is to be able to find happiness, <laughs> even in sad times sometimes, because those times bring us, you know, carry us forward as well. So, sure. you know, with change right. and part um, of the journey. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. So can you describe to us your morning and evening routines? Sure. So my alarm goes off at 5.30, and I used to hate snooze, but I actually kind of like it because I I hit snooze when my alarm goes off, and I do a lot of breathing, just um, my breathing exercises, just right where I am in bed, and I'm just belly breathing for whatever that snooze time is. I don't know if that's 10 minutes or what, and then... And then I like kind of sit there and absorb. <laughs> it's so cold, and I love my down comforter. <laughs> I'm in Vermont, so I just relish in that warmth and the comfort for a little bit, and I just bathe in it. <laughs> I breathe, and then I bathe in like the comfort of my comforter um, <laughs> for a bit, you know. And then about six o'clock, I get out of bed and I sit for a meditation. For a little bit and that looks different these are most mornings you know I don't do anything the same way every day I can't that's not how my brain works but this is generally speaking what I do um I meditate and I don't meditate for a long time I often do um kundalini meditations so there's some movement and some breath work in there probably three minutes sometimes five or ten it's not a lot I don't I'm not there yet maybe someday I'll meditate for long periods of time, but not yet. And, um, and then I move, I have a series of movements that I do for, um, well, they're specifically for pelvic floor dysfunction that I have once had because I had two kids, two kids. Um, (laughs) so, so the, the exercises are for that. (laughs) <laughs> Can you but share with they, us an exercise? Because I'm sure some mamas yeah, need a... So, so I went to PT for the pelvic floor dysfunction, and that was a rather um, intimate and not entirely <laughs> comfortable um, yeah. process. And uh, I was like, this isn't actually even working. I don't, I don't know. So I found this program called Mutu, and it's out of England. It's this woman... Um, she's a physical therapist, um, Wendy, and I'm blanking, of course. She, it's Mutu, so it's short for mummy tummy. 
And her whole thing is helping women with diastasis recti and or pelvic floor dysfunction. And if you don't know what diastasis recti is, that's when the muscles of your um, transverse abdominal, um, well, your transverse abdominal muscles separate right in the middle to accommodate a large person in your abdomen. <laughs> and then they just don't close together properly and you have a gap. And what also happens is with that gap, your... Um, you know what, I could have been wrong if it was the transverse or the abdominus recti. But anyway, um, your tummy sags, you have that pooch down below that, you know, we're so familiar with. And it's actually, you know, puts you vulnerable for hernias and other things. So she helps, she's developed a program. It's an online program that helps women to regain their pelvic floor function and close their diastasis recti. And it's a series of exercises and she starts you off in stage one and they're really gentle and they're not like, it's not like doing tons of crunches and all that stuff. You're rebuilding the connection of the pelvic floor. You're actually, she does a lot with just rebuilding your awareness with your body and like mm -hmm. with that area of your body that's been through a lot and maybe you don't feel so good about. So you kind of like pretend that it's not there. And she wants to really bring the mind body connection into, into play when you're doing these exercises. So they're all done very mindfully with the breath and it goes through stages and you don't graduate to the, to the next stage until you have um, done them for X number of weeks and, or can do them with no shaking and no um, other signs of weakness. And so I do those every, every day. Um, and, and how I, soon, how soon did you begin to notice the difference? Um, almost immediately. I mean, I guess I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I noticed the difference in my, um, in the, the umbilical hernia or the diastasis recti immediately, um, or the pelvic floor prolapse, but I noticed a strength and firmness through my core, um, almost immediately. And, and then the shaking, like, you know, you build strength and at first you're like wobbly, you know, in yoga or balance poses and stuff. At first you're really wobbly, especially if you're, you know, putting yourself, you know, in a, in a stressful position, but these aren't stressful positions. However, you do do some shaking and what, and when you notice like, oh my gosh, three days ago I was shaking during this exercise and now I'm not, that's really cool. So it, it, it progresses fairly quickly but she still, she wants you to go slow because she wants you to do the techniques properly and really like get and, and build those deeper muscles first and then work your way out. Perfect. That's amazing. Awesome. Thank so, you for sharing. Yeah. Oh, so back to the routine. Um, yeah, then, um, I guess I do that. And then it's like all hands on deck, The people are up, everybody needs breakfast. Everybody needs lunch <laughs> packed. Everybody needs to get to school. Uh, you know, that routine. And, and then I, you know, I get everybody dropped off. And then I sometimes go home and clean. Because then I have space and time to do so. And sometimes I go to work. <laughs> and what about your evening routine? Oh, evening. Um, yes. Evening, little less um, involved. Put everybody, well, feed everybody, put everybody to bed, do some picking up make a cup of tea, usually go upstairs shortly thereafter. I usually sit with my legs up the wall for a little bit mm -hmm. and and have tea. And sometimes I don't even drink the tea because it's too hot when I get there. And then I'm so sleepy after my legs up the wall time. 
that I go to sleep and the tea sits on my windowsill, but it is there and I love it. It like every, every morning I wake up and I was like, well, thank you for keeping me company. Yeah. <laughs> and I matter. love, I love legs up the wall. I'm actually going to do that tonight. So thanks for the inspiration. Yeah. It's and so soothing. Um, the one thing that I do almost every night, even if I don't do legs up the wall, but most often is I sit and I do my gratitude journal and I also write, I have a great little journal that kind of breaks down like the top three priorities that I need to do the following day, any like important times and then has a list and uh, just, you know, you can list anything and I write in that and it helps me so much to not try to keep all that stuff in my brain as I'm trying to go to sleep or even in the morning when I wake up and I, and I have to think, Oh, what am I doing? What's happening? What, What's the schedule? What's the plan for today? Mm-hmm. So I put it all down on paper, not not just the gratitude, but the you know sort of practical stuff. And I find that that really helps me to kind of let go. And then I say a prayer. Um, it's a prayer that my very good friend and yoga friend, teacher friend, shared with me. Um, may I be filled with loving kindness. May I be happy. May I know it deep and constant peace. May I be healthy? May I be free? And I say that a lot as I drift off to sleep. I love that. Sounds beautiful. Now I I want my evening routine now. (laughs) I know. Can I be bedtime now? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. Thank you, Abby. So can you Mm -hmm. tell us three self-care practices that you just can't live without? Sure. Um, I don't think I I would need to do some variation of my morning routine every day if some variation um, something like that I would need to do that I including my bulletproof coffee and I think that this is a self care thing I didn't drink coffee for 15 years and I was listening to a podcast with Dave Asprey of talking about bulletproof coffee and I was like huh maybe I should give that a try. And it has rocked my world. I love it so much. I drink coffee with fat in it every morning and I have so much better cognition, better energy. Um, and it's like this little ritual in the morning that is so fun. And I, I just love it. And I like, I do, I'm an ambassador. I'm bringing it everywhere I go. Whenever I stay at somebody's house, I'm like, Ooh, you want to try my coffee? And they're like, why are you putting butter in your coffee? And I was That's like, well, just try it. has been on my list for a long time, and I just haven't got – do you use coconut oil sometimes, or you do you use butter or ghee? I, so I use ghee. I make uh-huh. my own ghee, and oh. I use um, MCT oil, which is refined coconut oil, um, medium-chain triglyceride. And that has all of the really good stuff that helps your brain and helps your metabolism. And um, – and so I put those two, and then I put some collagen peptides in it, and then I a couple drops of vanilla, and I blend it, and it's so good. Mm. So you can't taste the collagen peptides, right? I assume. No, they're totally tasteless. Okay. All right, gotta try it. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was that three. Um, self. Oh, and the last one I think I touched on is community. If I, you know, I'm, I have to see my people, my, my women friends, and. Um, and my clients and my family, you know, I, I just have to stay in touch, even though it gets hard sometimes, not just because of time, but because, you know, 
we can start telling ourselves stories about about worthiness and mm-hmm. connection. And um, I find that it really keeps me buoyed if I can stay connected with the people in my life. Yeah. How often do you, you know, see your girlfriends or your community? Um, I see, yeah, probably every week I do something with somebody, um, a hike and with some kids or I don't go out for drinks. That's, I'm not like a nighttime Mm -hmm. friend these days, but, um, (laughs) and I also, I don't go out to dinner either. It's, I also, it's a whole nother, but I don't, um, like to eat at restaurants usually. So, but I go to like folks' houses, like I'll drop, drop in on their day off and I'm on my way through and I'll just stop in and say hi and a quick hug, or I'll see them bump into them at the coffee shop or we have dinner with my folks almost weekly. Um, so just kind of lots of different ways. It organically happens a lot. Yeah. No, I like how you say you're not, you know, obviously we're moms and the life that we had prior to this, I know in my case, you know, it involved a lot of going out at nights. And so it's hard yeah. to switch over to like, shoot, like, what do you do during the day? You know, if it's cold yeah. out, you can go hiking or whatnot. And then people, a lot of times people do resort to go out to restaurants and it is not the healthiest way to, Mm-mm. you know, cause you're picking up different people's energy and, you know, mm-hmm. the food is made differently rather, you know, mm-hmm. than it is at your home. Um, it's just different. So it's, it's nice that you, you know, put that out there because I, like, I just haven't been wanting to go out to eat and I used to, mm-hmm. you know, it was like my thing, but you know, now my money goes differently and I'm just like, ah, do I really want to spend like $50 here? Like when I could buy a book or, you know, whatever, yeah. but you still want to see your yeah. friends and it's so important. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's nice to meet for coffee or things like that. Or like you said, drop in on somebody's day off and yeah. it's, it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what is one of your favorite books that you're <laughs> reading right now or just one of your kind of go-tos that you read, you know, regularly? Um, well, I, I recommend um, to almost everybody Kelly Brogan's book, um, A Mind of Your Own. She's a psychiatrist in New York City that she only treats women Um, and she does not treat with pharmaceuticals and she has a lot to say about the use of, um, medications to treat psychiatric and mental illness. And she's, she's done a lot of research and a lot of talking and she's kind of a renegade and a badass. So I really love her work. Um, it's a bit heavy, you know, at times and it's not probably for the faint at heart, but, um, if you're. You know, if you haven't had success with medications or um, or you're looking for a solution to mental health problems that you or your loved ones are experiencing, I strongly suggest checking that book out. But the one that I'm reading right now, which is particularly relevant, is um, The Book of Forgiveness, Forgiving, mm. by Desmond Tutu and Mapo Tutu. Oh, um, and I okay. only just started it. So I'm not exactly sure. I mean, I, I, I was recommended to me by a person who I really admire and trust. And um, she said she's gone through the book and done all of the exercises. And it has, she's in her mid-60s, and it has been life-changing for her. 
And I am all about that. Absolutely. I love that. Because um, I, I actually, this summer, I listened to the Book of Joy, which was by the Dalai Lama and the Archbishop. And they talked a lot about forgiveness. And I kept getting stuck on mm. that part of like, wait, how do I like, how do I forgive? Like, does that mean that? Like what, what another okay. person did is okay. Like that I'm validating that it was mm-hmm. okay. And so I love, and, and I've done some work on it and I'm feeling much better about it, but I love the idea of a book just about forgiveness. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. So you, what is your, one of your favorite success stories with a client um, throughout your career? Um. Well, my, (laughs) so several years ago, I was working with a shaman energy healer who I really love. I was at a retreat at her house and I'd been working with her for maybe six months prior to that. And we were in a session and I was kind of agonizing about what to do with my life and what to do with my career. And, and, um, I, I looked down at my hands and I was, and I said something about, oh, and my, these hands, my hands are looking so beat up or something. And she goes, well, I just got the most amazing hit when you said your hands. She's like, I have goosebumps right now. You are doing, are going to do something with your hands. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm a cook. I, I do stuff with my hands all the time. I make food for people. I, I you know, nourish people by that. And she was like, mm, mm. Hey, I don't, you know, she kind of dropped it. She didn't push back, but she was like, your hands have a big story in your future. Mm. So fast forward, I quit my job, not, it was probably within a year of that and went into massage therapy school and loved it. I mean, I was so miserable and so unhappy in my job and didn't know how I was going to move forward. And um, I was so sick, kind of mentally and physically um, and lost. And I was like, well, I can't use my brain to do anything that I want to do right now. So why don't I take a class? What should I take? Oh, I'll I'll just take a massage class. And then once I was in massage school, I was like, this is, this is home. This is where I should be. Um, I don't need this job anymore. And I quit. And I went full in with massage therapy school and Right when I got out, my energy healer contacted me and asked if she could book a session. She'd been dealing with some issues in her neck and throat for a long time and been doing her own work. And she was still having a little bit of pain and she wanted to see if I could help. And I spent, I think we did maybe three sessions. And it was, I mean, she she has no pain anymore. And this is something that she's been working with energetically, spiritually, physically for a long time. And and I was able to be a part of that process after, <laughs> after she, you know, years after she had told me that I would be doing amazing things with my hands and I didn't believe her. And then there I so was a part of was, her healing. Was this healing through her guidance since she was aware of that and... You know, she saw you as a healing. Was her healing know. or my healing? Her healing. Like when you were um, he- healing her or helping her, 
Was it through her guidance that, no. you know, she told oh, no. you what, or you just knew how no. to, what to do? No, no, no. Yeah. She just signed up for a session and said, okay. you know, I've been doing this. I've been doing a lot of my own groundwork, but I think I also need massage. Mm. And can you, can you help me with massage in this area? And we did. And she really had a powerful, powerful shift. It was, That's amazing. It was wonderful. It was an honor. Well, yeah. Well, like I love two of those there, stories you know? of you actually transitioning from something. You know, we, we find that a lot. So it's most of the times we've all been there where, you know, we don't like the job that we have and you either stay in it for the money and, you know, because you're comfortable or you get really uncomfortable and leave it somehow, you know. And uh, yeah. so that's usually the, the, the two things. So, I, you know, that's really courageous of you to do that and. Um, to be of service, you know, because that's right. what we're we're here for, and then exactly. and her healing as well. That's really nice, right? Yeah, she she helped heal you, and then you helped heal her. It's right. well, and it's and it's an ongoing process, you know. Like we are a part of each other's like team, and I will continue to see her as needed, and sh- and likewise. Um, yeah, and that's another thing. I mean, there's only so much you could do as you know, just by yourself there, you know, right. you could read the books, you could take courses, you can do all this outside work, but like sometimes you need that coach or that connection with a person to give you a different perspective or give you a shift. And that could be in a conversation or in a healing session like you just did. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, um, what <laughs> was the be- best decision of your life up until this point? <laughs> Um, my, <laughs> I'm trying to think of something goofy to say, and I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick <laughs> to the script. Um, so, you know, everybody always wants to hear that, you know, a woman's choice to have a child was the best that she ever made. Um, I feel like that's the expectation in our culture that, you know, that's our highest aspiration is to become mothers. And I'm not downplaying that at all. I think that that's motherhood is absolutely um, amazing and transformational. Um, however, I wouldn't say that that, I mean, that's, um, that's not all of who I am and my decision to leave a job that really didn't, um, wasn't the right place for me and to go and, and learn something all new has been incredibly important. And, and, and really the best one for me because it has allowed me to just unfold and become myself in so many other ways, including as a mother and a friend and a member of community and a member of society. So that, I mean, you know, they're all opportunities for growth. Um, every decision that we make is an opportunity for growth and will grow no matter no matter what. But I think taking that big leap um, has really been transformational for me and probably the best decision for not just for me, but for those two little kids that I had those years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Right. Cause you went from focusing on just being their mom to having some focus on yourself and that's what mm-hmm. they, that's what everybody needed. Yeah. Well, and absolutely. yeah. And just, I mean, just, the people that I've met and connected with and the person that I've become in this last 
um, couple years is so much more in line with who I want to be and who I want my sons to see as a person. And the people that I have brought into my life through this process are people that are going to positively impact my children um, in the world, really. So I'm, I'm very glad to have done that shift. Yeah. That's yeah, wonderful. Awesome. So can you can you awesome. sh- can you share with us a, a tip or advice you have for a woman, you know, either thinking about a transition, maybe like at the super early stages and, you know, still working hard at the job and doesn't really see a way out? What do you what do you recommend? Um, yeah. So I do recommend um working with somebody, maybe not you know, with a, not with a plan going in, not working with somebody, you know, I've got this plan and I need this person to help me put it into place. But, Mm -hmm. but more that earlier stage that you're talking about of, of having somebody who is, and I, and it could be a therapist, it could be a coach, it could be an energy healer, it could be your massage therapist. I mean, (laughs) it doesn't, it doesn't so much matter. Um, It could be a friend if, you know, if friend, the problem with friends is like they can kind of be invested in certain parts of your well-being, quote, well-being, and um, and they may have opinions about what you should or shouldn't do because of how it may impact their life or how right. they worry or how they worry about you. Um, or when you're changing, it really shows that they really need to change in their life and they sure. kind of want to stay. And so they want you yeah. to stay where you are as well. So yep. true. Yeah. Right. It it can sort of, it, it, it can be unsettling and destabilizing to some mm-hmm. friends if their, you know, loved one is talking about shaking things up a bit. And it might just be better to kind of keep it <clears throat> either with a more distant friend, you know, maybe somebody from, from a past, you know, not everyday kind of friendship or, um, or, you know, like I say, a practitioner of, of just like checking in now and then and talking and saying, you know, what's, what's happening, you know, Telling what what you're thinking about and what keeps coming up and what are the themes and and kind of mention like mention what you're thinking and it's amazing what your own dialogue how it will unfold <laughs> if you allow it to and and if the person allows it to you know your answers are often already right there and you just need that sort of neutral and yet supportive audience to to talk through it and sometimes the the answers come you know come pretty easily once you kind of give them the space with no agenda um but then i i also i just i really do recommend um taking a class or or you know doing enrolling in some sort of little program or you know showing up to that free seminar in, at your you know local co-op or something if it's in the genre of what you're interested in because <clears throat> whenever you make a little shift like that like a little bit of like show up for the thing that you're curious about it's just amazing what else can unfold because um, you're putting the intention out there and nowadays yes. the programs are so easy you know you could do it on your own time and it kind mm-hmm. of fills in the gaps within your life you know at that point like i know when i did iin um institute of Inter- integrative nutrition yep. 
you know, I had a pretty busy life, but I got to, you know, I got to do it, you know, at nights and it filled me up. So when I showed up, yeah. you know, somewhere else, like I went with that energy, you know, and I feel yeah. like we do constantly need to improve and learn and, you know, doesn't mean, you know, it's not like everyone has to be a health coach, but why not learn how to live sure. at your best? Like, why not? Yep. You know, I got my yoga certificate without the intention to teach. I, and I dabbled. I said, you know, you know, I have my, you know, I've been, I've had my certificate for gosh, like seven years. And maybe out of those years, two years I taught. And it mm -hmm. like, it filled me up, but not as much as like doing work like this and coaching women and talking. And, you know, um, I feel like there's, there are much better yoga coaches out there than me. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'll just keep it to myself, but at least I know how my body works and how to breathe and all that stuff. And, you know, I could use that in my coaching if I really need to. Um, it doesn't yeah. go to waste. <laughs> it doesn't go no, to waste. No, and really, I mean, it we're all going to like, we all need to move gray, as my husband says, move gray matter. You know, we have to think and use our brains. Like that's kind of pretty uh, essential to, mm. to being a person, a human. And we can use it use our brains and fill up on like Facebook feeds or we can, yeah. um, you know, watch a lot of TV or we can learn something new and take a course or take an online class or watch, you know, listen to podcasts or, you know, whatever, you know, whatever is most accessible. I think, you know, if it's something that interests you, just kind of take a little step towards that and, and open up, see what, right. what else unfolds. Yeah. No, that's amazing. And it's so true. And I know that my story is very similar to that. Um, <laughs> when do you feel most empowered? Yeah, I don't. I wish I, I can I ask you to kind of clarify that question? I've been thinking about it a lot. And I it's so I mean, it I, I feel like it's, I overthink things. And it's um, feels like a question that's so close to me that I can't even see it if that makes sense yeah I'm like I mean I think that my interpretation of the question is like what what fills you up what brings mm. you life what brings you like what makes you get excited and okay. like you know it could be like one minute in your day that could project into the whole rest of your day and just fills you up you know or, that's my yeah. that's my view I'm not sure uh, Michaela if you're I think I think it's more like um, feel in power, you know, so it's empowered. So feeling in power and us as women, like almost like feeling like a goddess and fearless and mm. where are you at your highest, like vibrating, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I love my job and I love what I do. So when I'm in session, um, and the, you know, the music is, right on and we've got candles lit and a salt lamp and the room is just full of positive energy and I'm working with somebody um, to bring about healing, relaxation, whatever it is that they need. That is, I love it. I, I just, I remember last week I was in session with somebody and I just looked up for a second and I was like, I can't believe I get to do this. I get paid to do this job. I, I'm, it blows me away. Um, so for sure, that is one of the moments. I also love Sia, <laughs> the, 
the singer Sia, I I just love to like I will I will clean anything if I can have my earbuds in and listen to Sia. I don't care. Like she I I will dance around my house naked. I don't care. Yes. Like, it's, it's awesome. And like I just feel like such a badass whenever I listen to her. I'm like, yeah, I'm powerful. Yes, I'm unstoppable too. Yes, her voice. It's it really comes from the heart and that center. It's amazing. <laughs> I love that. Thank you. Yep. Thank you for that. Yep. That image, you're welcome. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> now I want to clean. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> I'm going to get Sia playing uh, pretty oh, soon here. And clean naked in my kitchen. <laughs> Do some dishes. Soak the wood stove. Do some dishes. Don't get too close, to though. Right. Oh, no, you don't want to do that. So, beautiful. Thank you. So, can you tell us about your most challenging time in your life and how you overcame it? Okay. It'll be different. Okay. Well, I, the most challenging time in my life was, there's been so many. Um, I was really sick about two years ago, um, physically and mentally. I had been kind of in a long downward spiral, um, trying to keep my head above water with depression, probably postpartum depression. Um, but I don't think that, I, you know, there's always deeper stuff or, or older stuff that people deal with. So I was in a mental health crisis and actually my physical health was really terrible too. And it didn't, one kind of fed into the other as, as these things do. So I was very sick, very underweight, could not put on weight. My gut was just a wreck. My brain was a wreck and I was doing everything right. You know, like everything that you can think of. I was going to a therapist. I was seeing a, um, a naturopath, I was seeing my own PCP to make sure that there was no, you know, parasites or anything else that she could help with. Um, I was seeing an herbalist to help with um, the various physical ailments that I was having. And I wasn't okay. And I knew I wasn't okay. And so I called my sister and I, I said, I'm not safe anymore. And... Um, about three weeks later, I was on a plane to a naturopathic retreat in Hawaii. And it was basically in lieu of another kind of residential treatment program for uh, mental illness. And because I was so afraid, I was so afraid that if I went someplace else that they would automatically put me on medications and I'd already had a real rough go with antidepressants. Um, they did not help me and the side effects were really terrible. And then the withdrawal when I tried to taper off of them was um, pretty excruciating as well. So I couldn't, I mean, I, I felt very strongly that, that I couldn't go that route again, pharmaceutical route. And so I needed a safe place to land that would help me both physically and mentally. So I landed in Hawaii and um, I spent a month in treatment and we did lots of detox therapy. We did lots of um, nutritional therapy, lots of movement, 
lots of body work, lots of um, somatic, you know, therapies. So um, psychiatric therapy, but it, it is, uh, you know, movement-based and body-based rather than just talking. There was also a lot of talking. There was also tapping, you know, the EFT, emotional freedom technique. Um, <laughs> I mean, just about anything that you can imagine um, we threw at this. And I came home marginally better, I would say, but with a huge tool, uh, toolkit. And I set about finding people back in Vermont who could help support this healing process. That was two years ago. Um, and I am now, I mean, physically robust, so much stronger, so much healthier mentally too. Um, I just, um, it was a long, long slog. Um, it is, I'm not one of those people who like can just find like the one magic thing and it clicks and it's better in like weeks. Like it was practice and practice and practice and practice, even when the results were only marginally um, better. But it, I mean, it worked and it's, I mean, I, I, I'm still in the process and I think we always, you know, we always are unfolding and healing, but that was absolutely the most challenging. Um, not just because of the, the mental anguish that I was in from being so, um, so mentally ill, but also I was still working <laughs> and I was still parenting and I had to stop both of those things. And I had to tell all of those people, the people that I worked with and the people who I love most dearly in this world that I can't be with them right now. Mm. And that was super, super hard. Um, and it was, I mean, it was probably the reason why I hadn't gotten more help sooner because I felt like I couldn't abandon my responsibilities. Right. So getting over that and believing and trusting that the people, the other people in my life could keep things afloat was huge and very, very hard. Wow, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and, and just shows that, you know, we as mothers, we're so caring and nurturing that if we do need the time, you know, it's there, but we just have yeah. to, we have to take it sometimes and it's okay. And things are better for it, you know? Yeah. The whole oxygen mask, I mean, we hear that from the time our babies are little and I don't think that it ever, like, you can never say it too much to a young mother that take care of yourself. You cannot take care of this child without being really well-nourished yourself and whatever that means to whoever. And, you know, for me, it was, no, I can't. I can't not stay up with my baby who never Aww. slept. You know, it was like, it was just, I've put so much of that responsibility on myself to the point, to my own detriment. And then, yeah. you know, it didn't end up being great for my kids anyway, you know, mm -hmm. so... So I can't say that enough. Yeah. Take care of yourself. And in this, I mean, this gets into the whole, you know, parental leave problem that we have in this country and, you know, maternal care is crappy and we put people back to work before they should have to. I mean, that gets into that whole business. And I, you know, feel pretty strongly about that too, but that's probably another podcast topic. Absolutely. Well, this is the reason yes. why we started this podcast is to share that message that we all in different ways need to nurture ourselves. And it's just the constant reminder that we want to put out there um, that that's what we need to do in order to be the best moms. Right. I mean, if that's the goal, 
Right. And it's the best thing for the kids. That's yeah. the thing is like we have this, it's like an epidemic of thinking that we have to put ourselves on the back burner in order for the best things for our kids. But if their mom, their, if the kids' moms are not healthy and are miserable <laughs> and struggling, then the kids are going to struggle, you know? Okay. So it's, you know, if like they, like some people say, if mama ain't happy, baby ain't happy. Nobody yep. happy. Nobody. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So thank you so much, Abby, for sharing um, yeah. your story with, with us. And to conclude, can you please share three things that you're grateful for? Mm. Just three? Um. You can do more. <laughs> <laughs> so I, um, these days I'm, I'm feeling really grateful for my physical health. There was a time when I wasn't sure. <laughs> Um, I felt, uh, I felt weak and vulnerable and, um, in a physical sense. And I, and I feel so much better physically. I'm really, really grateful for my physical health. Um, I'm also grateful for, uh, for my, I have so much, so many blessings and my parents are incredibly, um, good to me. And they made it possible for me to come down and stay in their house in Cape Coral, Florida this week so that I could get a little bit of sunshine and a little bit of time to continue my work um, on myself. Just a little bit of time away and they're taking care of my kids or helping my husband take care of my kids while I'm gone. So they have just, I mean, I'm so grateful to them for for this and so many other blessings that they have given me. Um, and I'm also, I am grateful for my family, my, my own little family, my, my husband and my children. They, um, they are incredibly, um, resilient and, um, they're here for me and they're, and they're fun and they're like the people, you know, they're my people. And, um, I just can't imagine what life would be like without them. So, yeah, I am grateful for them. Thank you so much, Abby. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. Your story has been super healing and grounding and inspirational. And uh, thank you so much. I think it'll resonate with a lot of people. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks for the work that you all are doing. This is important stuff. And thank you all for listening. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Love Yourself to Happiness show. If you like what you heard and you're interested to see if you're fit to work with us, here's what to do next. Head over to mayaandmichaela.com forward slash apply and book an appointment to speak with our team. We will get on a call for about 45 minutes and we will work with you to craft a step-by-step game plan to win back 10 hours of free time in your week so you could reconnect and spend more quality time with your loved ones. And we will get you clarity on three things. Number one, we will help you see what mindset shifts need to be made in your life. Number two, you will learn how to create a schedule so that you can flow through motherhood with ease. And number three, you will get in touch with the things that bring you joy so you know what to do with this free time. Whatever your biggest challenges are, we've seen it and we know how to overcome it. 
Don't do it alone. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We have helped moms get more free time in their week to focus on themselves without sacrificing family time. To see if we can help you do the same, go to mayaandmikayla.com forward slash apply. We look forward to talking to you soon.